Welcome to the Hallucination Cafe. I'd like to take you on a journey to an alternative reality, a world of fiction, of horror, of science that doesn't exist. I'm your host, Shelley Ann Wooderson. Welcome back to the Hallucination Cafe. Tonight's story is called I Killed It. It's read and written by Shelley Ann Wooderson. It's actually a follow-up story to an earlier story you may have listened to in this collection called Planet Haha. I hope you enjoy it. If you do enjoy the podcast, please like, subscribe, tell your friends about it, write a review uh, so that other people can find the podcast too. Thank you so much. Susanna ran into the back of the theatre, clutching her coat around her party dress. She looked down in her watch. 7.54. The show was on. The show was always on. She went straight to the green room. Clarice, a pretty blonde, dressed hooker style, was outside the door smoking. Hey, Clarice, have you seen Tom? Oh, hi, Susanna. Yeah, he's up soon, I think. He was in there. She pointed with her chewed-down nails, talking to Brian and Painter. Great. Nothing Susanna wanted less than to talk to Painter. Here was a comic who, even in a group of comics, stood out as being obnoxious and offensive. She walked slowly into the room. It was a man's room, and it smelled that way. Like Axe body spray and testosterone. There were few women and most of the men were in their twenties, single and likely to remain that way until they gave up on comedy and settled down to find a job. All except for her, Tom. They'd been married for five years. Five years tonight. And her parents were taking them out to dinner. The sitter had the kids and her parents were meeting them at the restaurant in four minutes. Four minutes to get all the way across town. Four minutes. It took longer than that to find a cab, and she couldn't see Tom yet. She stared up at the monitors. Alice was on. She was cute, beautiful even, but dressed it down like most of the female comics did. She'd only arrived planetside a few months ago, and you could still see the pain in her, the rape that had caused her to leave her home planet, the death of her brother in a car accident she'd been in, the desperate need to have acceptance and admiration that caused her to move here, to go on stage every night and make jokes about the most painful events of her life, the desire to find release, to burden others with her pain and awaken without it. The difference between tragedy and comedy was time, and Alice wasn't funny yet, just sad and needing to talk. She saw Marvin out of the corner of her eye and ran up to him. Hey Marvin, how's the night? He turned to her and gave her the smiley face. It's kind of flat. You look beautiful this evening. What's the big event? Even an android had noticed that she was dressed up, had made an effort. She wondered if Tom would notice. Marvin was the host of the show. The biggest open mic comedy in the galaxy, open 24 hours a day. He'd been the host for as long as anyone could remember. If anyone had asked him, he would have told them it was 578 years, four months, two days and six hours. But no one thought to ask Marvin anything. Most people just ignored him, treated him like furniture. Susanna was one of the few people who treated him with any respect at all. But then, Susanna wasn't a comic. It's our fifth wedding anniversary, which brings me to the point. I have a favour to ask. Anything for you. You wouldn't happen to know where Tom is, would you? He's in the northwest corner of the second green room near the snack machine. Thank you so much, Marvin. You're a doll. She waved at him and he rolled back on stage, ready to announce the next act. Susanna wound her way through the smokers to where Tom was standing with Painter and Brian. Hi, Tom. 
Tom looked up and started towards her. Hi, sweetie. Wow, you look hot, Susanna. Tom's definitely going to have to do you later, leered Painter. His face was permanently twisted, and Susanna could never really decide if he was ugly because he was so bitter, or bitter because he was so ugly. This is my wife you are talking about, Tom said without enough fury to make it convincing. Oh, yeah, I forgot. No one fucks their wife. Tom stopped cold on his tracks, enough of a comic that he never reacted totally. He turned to Susanna instead. I'm sorry I'm late, honey. I'm up in three comics. Ian's on now, then it's Painter and me. I just can't leave yet. We have to. My parents are waiting for us. Look, sweetie, we're going to be late anyway. It's just another 15 minutes. Ian set's almost over. He pointed to the monitors. You promised. It's our wedding anniversary, for God's sake. Yeah, baby, I know. I had to swap my spot with Brian to get this spot tonight. They wanted to put me up at 10 p.m., and that would have meant me running out on dinner early again. And I just thought this would be better. I mean, if the show wasn't running so slow tonight, I'd already be out of here. I mean, I thought I tried your cell to let you know what's going on. I mean, really, I did. There isn't much reception inside this old building. But, Susanna, please, please. It's just an open mic. I'm talking about our wedding anniversary. Oh, please, sweetie, we're late already. Just give me a few more minutes. Susanna could picture her parents. No one ever kept Mr. Clendon waiting. He was used to being the one in charge of the bank, the office, of his family, of everyone around him. He couldn't control Tom. No one could, it seemed. Not even Susanna. She felt herself filling with a cold rage. It wasn't fair. She was dressed up to go to a nice restaurant, not stand in a room full of comics with their eyes tearing into her semi-naked flesh. Tom was pulling the cell phone out of his pocket. Look, I'll go call them. I'll apologize and tell them the car wouldn't start. You're not even dressed to go out. Well, well, I couldn't really go on stage wearing a tie, could I? Yes. We need to leave the minute your set is over. Fine. You call them. He threw the cell at her. There's some reception behind the curtain near the sound equipment. I'll go to the men's room and put the suit on. Okay, you happy? I'm going to perform my whole act wearing a friggin' suit. He ran off before she could say a word, swimming his way through the crowd like a child, head down, petulant, doing as his mommy had ordered. She took a deep breath and walked towards the sound equipment. Ian walked towards her, getting off stage. Hey, Susanna, did you see my set? No, Ian. Sorry. Oh, I got some really long laughs. I mean, I did. Great. I killed it. I wish you'd seen it. Maybe next time. Yeah, yeah. He walked off looking at the floor, the way he always did. She held the cell phone up to look for a signal. Alice was behind the speakers crying and smoking. Sarah pretended not to see her and tapped the phone. Painter was on stage, yelling into the mic. Why even bother calling her parents? They would know she was at the open mic and that Tom had disappointed her again. And what about that pretty little Lady Alice people? Ah, oh, I'd like to do her. She wouldn't have the strength to yell rape when I was finished. And I tell you people, she don't look it, but she comes from stupid genes. I mean, her brother crashes his car under a truck and doesn't even have the good sense to duck. Now that's what I call losing your head under pressure. Susanna winced and grimaced. 
Painter was in fine form tonight, insulting not only humanity in general, but also one of its weaker, more shattered members. Like any bully, he knew not to pick on the strong. She looked out at the audience. She couldn't see anyone. Just like always, the audience was too dark to see. Just Painter, standing bright lit on the stage in front of the fake brick wall. She wanted to listen to the audience. She wanted to hear them boo, hiss, yell, sigh, gasp, anything but laugh. But all she heard was silence. Hey, people, you out there? I don't think anyone's out there. You should laugh. That was funny, people. There was nothing, but he continued anyway. And Ian, you've all just listened to my good friend Ian, and I'm doing this fucking just set to myself, aren't I? Where's the goddamn audience? Fuck, I'll finish the damn joke. Ian went to a whore and she wouldn't even... And suddenly he fell on the ground twitching. The stage light shut down and you could see the current sparking along the mic cable and glowing through his body. Susanna looked out to the audience. Now that everything was dark, she could see the whole theatre. And it was empty. There was no one in the audience. She ran towards Painter, not sure what to do. His body was still twitching and there was a singed smell. Marvin rolled out onto the stage before she got there. That's it. Marvin announced, the show is over for the evening. The audience is free to go home. My senses indicated that Mr. Thomas Painter is dead. The police are on their way. They have informed me to tell all comics to please remain in the building as you're all suspects in the murder. Susanna could hear the noise behind the stage as comics pushed out to see the corpse. The stage lights were back on except for the smoking corpse. Everything looked normal. She turned. Did you reach your parents? It was Tom, dressed in a suit. No, I saw. He put his arms around her. It'll be okay, baby. Taking the phone from her, he dialed her parents. I'm sorry we're late, but there's been a problem at the open mic. No, sir, I don't know when we're going to get there. Yes, sir, I understand, sir. But one of the comics, yes, sir, I understand how you feel about this. We'll get there as soon as we can, sir. Yes, sir, we'll be there soon. Bye. Tom grabbed her arm. Come on, baby, you ain't a comic. They haven't told us you need to stay. Your audience, they let the audience leave. Let's boogie before your dad kills us. But, come on. Tom grabbed her arm and they hopped off stage into the audience area. Susanna and Tom disappeared into the darkness and towards the little green exit signs. Susanna put her hands down to the tables to steady herself as she walked. They felt dusty and she wiped them off on her dress. She didn't like dirty hands. Not Ava. Tom pulled her along and out the fire exit door and they were on the street. The street was empty, and in an abandoned, run-down part of the city kind of way, and Susanna was glad Tom was with her. He flagged down a cab almost instantly, and they arrived at dinner before her mother had a chance to get embarrassingly drunk. Her mom stood as they entered. Oh, baby, you're filthy! Susanna looked down and saw brown smudges on her blue dress where she'd wiped her hands without thinking. So, what is your excuse for being late this time? started her father before they even sat. Painter was murdered, started Susanna. A painter was murdered? Oh, you were watching some TV special about the death of French City? One of the comics at the open mic was murdered tonight. His name was Thomas Painter. Well, who did it? she slurred. We don't know. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> Mr. Hendon waved down the waiter. Come on, we need to order. I don't want to eat, said Susanna. Oh, baby, why not? Her mother said, already forgetting. 
Are you okay, sweetie? Tom asked. Tom noticed the lights first, but it was Susanna that realised what was happening. The food was on its way. Mr. Hendon had ordered for everyone when Susanna had refused to pick anything. Susanna turned towards the window. The blue and red lights were turning off and the police were exiting the car. Tom, look. He turned and saw the blue uniforms entering. We have to leave now. He grabbed her by the hand. There must be a fire exit out back. Her father turned to her as she stood, knife in hand. What's going on here? Where do you think you're going, young lady? Oh, sweetie, it's their wedding anniversary. <laughs> Maybe they want to rush home and make love, cooed Mrs. Hendon. The food hasn't even arrived. Sit down, young lady, and eat right now. Come. Tom dragged her and she followed him as her father yelled and four policemen entered the building. They started to run. Stop! called a policeman with a badge. Tom pushed past the diners and around the waitstaff. Susanna found herself almost falling on her heels. She tripped, stumbled, and Tom dragged her upright as he ran, pulling her. I ordered you to stop. Stop or we will shoot. The cop had put his badge away and was reaching for his gun. Run, baby! yelled Tom, forcing his way through the exit door. He hit the door with his shoulder and it popped open. Fire sirens screaming. Susanna fell through after him. Stop! You are wanted for the murder of Thomas Painter. We will shoot if you don't stop. Run, Susanna! She ran as fast as she could. Tom was the athlete, not her. She could feel her new dress tearing as she lengthened her stride to keep up. Her heart was pounding. She could hear booted footsteps behind her. A shot rang out and she gasped. Tom grabbed her hand and pulled her and they both fell into a basement kitchen of a restaurant. Come, I know where to go. She followed him without thinking, running through the restaurant and then out a side door into a different street, then across the street and down the basement of an apartment building. He turned left, then right. She wasn't worried about the police now, just that her heart would tear out of her body if she felt like she was going to die and could hardly breathe. We're almost there, he said, and she would have sighed, but that would have been more effort than she was capable of. He stopped at one of the indistinguishable grey doors, lifted the dead plant outside and pulled out a key. He turned the lock and pulled her in. Reaching up, he pulled a train and the room was lit. A single bed, a single gas burner, a sink and a toilet in the corner. If it had been a prison cell, it would have been more spacious. It was the cheapest type of apartment one could rent. It was the cheapest type of apartment one could rent. No windows, no real ventilation artificial light. She sat gasping and when she caught her breath she asked the question burning in her mind. Where are we Tom? This belongs to a comic I know. He's out of town. She thought she knew all his friends. None of them were out of town. She'd seen them all tonight. Why did they run? She didn't kill him. Why run away? Why had Tom made her run? What about the kids? Their kids? What would happen to their kids? Oh my God! Were the police at her house right now? Maybe social services? Would she lose her kids? Tom, we have to go home now. We can't go home now. There'll be a warrant out for us. Resisting arrest and all that. But the kids? We have to go home. I have to go home. We aren't guilty. We need to get home. He came up and put his hands on her shoulders. More threatening than reassuring. We cannot go home. Why not? She wanted to scream. Was he guilty? Was that why he'd run, dragging her along? She pulled out her cell phone and wanted to call the sitter. What are you 
doing, yelled Tom and swatted her hand down. Don't you know they can track all cell phone signals to within four inches? But I wanted to call the babysitter. Can't do that. They'll already have the phone tapped. But the babies, I didn't do anything. You're always guilty until you're innocent. He put his arm around her and walked to the corner of the room and pulled out a small television. Let's see what the TV says. It didn't take him long to find footage of the murder on TV, exactly as the video monitors had shown it. The sparks flew along the microphone cable till they hit Painter. His hair stood on end, then he shook, spasmed and fell. The murderer had to have access to the sound system before the death in order to create the charge. Records have indicated that a Mr. Tom Sandusky was apparently near the speakers and his cell phone was activated. Mr. Sandusky has a prior history of violence. He was accused on his home planet of Epsilon with assault with intent to kill. Police tried to apprehend Mr. Sandusky for questioning tonight and he fled the scene. He's currently on the loose. If you see him, call the police and do not in any way attempt to approach him yourself. He is considered armed and dangerous. His wife is also currently wanted for questioning. She was last seen with the suspect. And now I have live footage from the couple's home. The screen cut to the front door. Mr. Hendon was already there, blocking all entrance to the house. We will not be answering your questions. We do not know what, if anything, occurred tonight. All that I can tell you for sure is that my daughter is innocent and her children and I will pray for her safe return. Susanna felt herself breathe a sigh of relief. As much as she hated her father most of the time, at least if he were there with her kids, they would be looked after. He would make sure of it. What was the TV talking about? Tom would never insult anyone. They must have him confused with someone else. She looked over to him, but he was opening the fridge and pulling out a diet lager beer. No one, but no one, drank diet lager beer. Only Tom. What the hell was it doing in this fridge? Have you been here often? Came here once with Painter, long, long time ago. Oh. Do you listen to what they said about you? Yeah. No justification, no explanation. She wanted an explanation. She wanted to know why her husband, the man she lived with for five years, could possibly be accused of assault. She wanted to know why he knew the way to a strange apartment, which just happened to be stocked with his favorite drink. Who was he really? Who was he? Really? Why had they run from the police? She stood and stared as he finished the drink. There was only one logical explanation. He must have done it. He must have killed Painter. But why? Why do they think you assaulted someone? Oh, it's nothing. Just blowing something out of proportion. That's what the media does. She thought back on his comedy routine. He was always saying that deep down he was an angry man. Maybe she'd just never looked, never seen it. We should turn ourselves in. Oh, no, honey. We can't do that. But we didn't do anything. We can't hide forever, the kids. We need to stay down. We can't hide forever. You might be surprised. We can stay here for as long as we need to. Was he really hiding? Who was this man? She didn't know him at all. She needed to get to her kids. The state would take them if she didn't show up. How could he do this to them? How could he destroy her life like this? What was this apartment anyway? Did he already have another life she didn't know anything about? I have to go, 
She ran for the door before he could stop her. She started to run. He was chasing her, following her. She turned. She'd never seen that look on his face before. All the innocence and sweetness was gone, and it was a look of pure determination. She ran as fast as she could to the street. He tripped on the steps and fell backwards. Susanna, stop! She ignored him and continued to run. He jumped up and kept chasing her. Tom was chasing her. He was faster than her. She knew she couldn't outrun him. She had to get away from him. She had to get to her children. Why had he killed Painter? She could feel her heart beating in her head now. How was she going to get away? She ran out into the street and looked behind. He was catching her. In the distance, she could see a cab coming. Oh, please let her be vacant. She ran towards the hurtling yellow vehicle, armed to the sky, not looking back, not noticing the cars skidding around her as she ran down the centre of the road. The taxi must have seen her because he started careening towards her and she wondered for a moment if he was going to kill her right before he stopped in front of her and she climbed around into the back seat. She never knew if she was supposed to sit in the front or the back, whether it was unfriendly to sit in the back, but this time was no time to ask and as she drove off she looked back through the rear window and saw Tom doubled over, catching his breath. He looked old and sad. When had he become old? Where to, lady? She didn't know. Where could she go? She tried to calm her breathing and her spinning thoughts. Where could she go? Where to, lady? 115 North Chumley Street. It was her parents' house. The kids should be there by now. She wasn't guilty of anything. She had nothing to fear if the police were there. She needed to be with her kids. Why didn't anything make sense tonight? Why had Tom done it? He and Painter were friends, weren't they? She was the one who hated Painter. She remembered back when she used to try to come and see Tom perform and Painter would make hateful comments at her both on and off stage. She hated Painter. Always had. But Tom had just laughed off his comments, told her not to worry about them. Every comic was attacked by Painter from stage, but Tom never seemed phased. But then, what if there was something she didn't know? Tom never backed down in a fight. He was filled with the small man bravado, unafraid of pain. He'd come home from the open mic with a black eye or a split lip more than once, but usually the other comics would keep him from getting in too much trouble. And besides which, just because some comics occasionally took swings at him, didn't mean that he deserved it. Comics were nuts. All comics were crazy, everyone knew that. And yet she'd married one. That'll be four dollars, lady, said the cabbie. She reached into her purse without even looking to see if they were there. Here. The cabbie looked straight at her as she leaned forward. Hey, you're the one they's looking for. That must be why all the cops are parked around. I don't know what you mean. Yeah, you do. Painter's dead and they sure you did it. But I didn't. Lady, I'm a comic and I'm happy to know I never have to hear that son of a bitch come on stage and rip me apart again. I'm just glad he's gone. But I didn't do it. Well, the radio says you did. Says there's a witness. Your husband's Tom, right? Pretty good guy, Tom. He's got an alibi. He was in the can and two other comics say you were the one holding his phone by the sound gear. I have to go. She started to push open the door and went to get out. You're not listening, are you? Get back in. Look around the streets. Susanna pulled the door closed again and looked around. There was someone walking a dog on the far side of the street. They were doing it quickly, back and forth, not letting the dog get comfortable enough to pee. And there was someone on her parents' stoop smoking.
smoking. Her father would never allow anyone to sit that close to the house smoking. What was going on? What's going on? They're cops. Why? Because they're sure you did it. I mean, Tom didn't, so it had to be you. And where's a mama going to go? But back to her kids, of course. I, I, I can't get out of the car here. No, no, you can't. Where can I take you? Do you have somewhere else? The open mic. She said without knowing why she said it. It's where it had all begun, and it was where she needed to look for answers. It didn't make sense. Why had Tom run? The news said the killer had access to the sound system before the murder, and that Tom was there because of his cell phone. But Tom wasn't there. She was the one making the phone call, not Tom. So now they thought it was her. But she didn't do it. She felt herself filling with a small joy. Tom didn't do it. Tom was innocent. Tom hadn't run because he'd done it. He'd run to protect her. Tom thought she'd killed Painter. Her very own husband thought she was a killer. Oh, fuck. What? They're following us, lady, tailing us, if you will. I don't know if I can lose them. Look, can you scrunch down in the seat so they can't really see you're there? Yeah. And she slid down the hole behind the seats. What if they started shooting? They'd already shot at her today. Not Tom. Her. She was the suspect. She was the one they thought had killed Painter. What would her father do? Where was Tom now? Listen, lady, I'm going to pick up a fare at the plaza. When I make the turn on first, I'm going to stop for the light. I need you to get out of the car then, as quick and quietly as you can. And then I'm going to pick up the fare. I'm going to try to put as much distance between me and them so we get to the corner before they've crossed the block. So hold on. She could feel the car pick up speed, bouncing through the intersection. She saw the lights ahead turn yellow. The taxi was filled with flashing red lights. Here's a trick my mama taught me. I put the brake just enough so the lights go on. And then he'll put on the brake too. And then I indicate I'm going to pull over to the left. Now hang on. While touching the brake with his toe, he slammed the accelerator down, made a hard right, and the back wheel skidded out on the cab as they flew around the corner as the lights turned red. Get out now, yelled the cabbie, and the taxi slid towards the curb, not quite stopping, but slower. Susanna didn't question. She just opened the door and flew out onto the sidewalk. She heard her dress tear as she hit the ground, legs splayed wider than the dress was designed for. Looking down, she saw the dress. She'd saved for it. She liked the way it made her feel, slim and sexy and young. Younger at least. It had made her feel desirable. So she'd saved for a month to buy it and now it was torn, filthy, tattered and destroyed in one night. The dress and her life were in ruins. She found herself rolling into an alley and heard the taxi continue on and behind him sirens and lights passed. She held her breath for a moment and they were gone. She was alone in the dark. She tried to stand and fell as the remains of her tattered dress tied her legs together. She sat crying. Where was she? Why did anyone think she could kill Painter? No, that was the wrong question. Why was Painter killed? Who was it that not only wanted him dead, but wanted him dead enough to do it? Who had the means to carry out the crime? She put her hands down and tore her dress open more so she could walk. She picked herself up off the pavement and walked the half block to the open mic. She didn't know what she would do if there were police at the door, but when she got there, there was no one there. 
Just the usual collection of comics standing by the sidewalk, smoking, pacing before their sets, discussing their performances. She walked straight through the comics entrance into the green room. It was full as always. A butch-looking woman in a man's suit waved at her and she waved back. She couldn't remember the name, but she knew she was supposed to know who she was. Painter's death hadn't slowed anything down. The herds of men still gathered around each other waiting for their five minutes, watching the other performances with a sneer, laughing at nothing. Susanna stopped below a monitor to catch the show. And now, said Marvin, the Universal Open Mic is pleased to reopen after that pause and present a regular here at Open Mic, one of my favourite comics. Please put your hands together for Mr. Joshua Haberson. Marvin rolled off the stage while the lights came on Josh with the mic in his hands and the audience applauded dutifully. The audience always applauded dutifully. Who was there when Painter was killed? Who had access? You had to be near the microphone equipment. How else could you control it? But she'd been standing at the Tower of Equipment and no one had approached her. Unless you had a remote control. Unless you could control the mic without touching it. But the only one who could do that was Marvin. Who would want Painter dead? Well, except everyone who'd ever met him. No, there had to be a better reason than that. That would just make you beat him and leave him in the street. But to plan such an elaborate murder, that took actual intelligence. Hello, Susanna. I'm surprised to see you here. Susanna jumped and turned. It was Marvin. The show keeps going on. Yes, always. If he'd been human, she would have thought the last comment was mournful. The police are looking for you. I know. Did you call them when you saw me? She knew he could do that. Marvin was wired into all the systems of the building. He could bring the lights up or down for the comics, and he could call the police if he needed assistance. Yes. I didn't kill him. I know you didn't kill Painter. Did Ian or Alice kill him? No. You know that for sure? You saw them? Oh, yes. I know for sure they didn't kill him. Then why did you do it, Marvin? He hung his head and motioned her to follow him. She followed him into his little alcove where he waited for the comics to run out of time and leave the stage. How do you know I did it? Because it couldn't be anyone else. No one else had access. Yes, this is true. Do you think the police will work it out? I don't know. They won't expect it to be you. You will never be a suspect. But why? I really need to know why. Will you never tell? She looked at him. He'd killed someone already. Robots weren't supposed to be able to do that, and now she really wanted to hear from him why he'd done it. And she wasn't afraid of him. Perhaps she should be, but for now she just wanted the truth. I will never tell. Okay, he said and seemed to sigh. When Planet Haha was first established as a vacation spot, the open mic started. Kids from all over the galaxy flocked here to perform. The promoters thought it was great. They didn't have to pay the entertainers. The entertainers would pay to perform. And the galactic government loved it because all the rabble-rousers and troublemakers came here and were easily contained. The problem was the audience hated it. The comics made fun of them, taunted them, just weren't funny. So the cruise ships stopped coming. The tourists dried up and the whole planet was listed as a no-go zone. 
He looked up into her face to see if she understood. She nodded and he continued. There hasn't been an audience at the open mic for 450 years and the comics don't know it. Painter was the one comic who almost worked it out. But why? Why not just end the open mic? Why not just quit pretending? Because the open mic serves a function in society. Look at all those kids, those men, they're dangerous people with strange ideas. The open mic serves to keep them in line, keep them occupied and out of the way. If there is no audience. I control the audience, the jeers, the laughter. I control it all. But how do you know what's funny? Why do the comics have bad nights? I have a sense of humour. One was programmed in and later perfected. I have to know what's funny to make the laughter sound. Comics require 3.8 seconds of laughter per minute on average. That is what it will take to inspire them to continue stand-up comedy. But if they don't have bad nights, they won't work on their material. Working on their material keeps them busy. The police are entering by the back door. They think I killed him. I will tell them that we have finished a full diagnostic on the sound equipment. I will tell them it was a freak accident. That no one was murdered. Thank you. I will never tell anyone what you told me. Marvin smiled. Of course you won't. Because if you do, I'll have to kill you. Susanna shut her eyes for a moment, then looked out onto the stage, out into the darkness, with its empty, dusty chairs, and turned to walk out through the comic's entrance door of the open mic. On the way home in the taxi, she wondered whether her marriage would survive, and whether comedy would kill her husband. I hope you liked tonight's story. Thank you for coming and spending some time with us here at the Hallucination Cafe. If you'd like to write a story for the podcast, please contact me at the website hallucinationpodcast.com. Please like, subscribe, and we'll see you soon.